Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. Welcome to this bonus episode of From the Front Porch. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And today I'm sitting down with the executive director of the Mississippi Book Festival, Ellen Rogers Daniels, to discuss the impetus behind a Southern book festival and what it takes to run a successful event for readers and authors alike. This year's festival is on August 19th, which gives you plenty of time to make plans to attend. Hi, Ellen. Hi, how are you? I'm doing wonderfully. So good to be with you, Annie. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad to get to talk with you. I'm anxious to hear more about the festival. We participate in a book and music festival in Tallahassee, Florida, which is near to Thomasville. Um, It's called Word of South, and I was one of the founding kind of board members of that event, and I'm just so curious about what it takes to move from, you know, a committee meeting to a successful full day's worth of events. The numbers of how many people come to the Mississippi Book Festival are astounding to me. I was looking through some of the documents that you sent over before, and I just am amazed by that kind of participation, that level of participation in the South especially. So why don't you tell me, I guess, first of all, kind of who the festival is for and maybe what its original purpose and mission was. So, I mean, I could say that this book festival is for every Mississippian and for anybody who wants to come, somebody, anybody who loves books, people who Mm -hmm. love books and meeting their favorite authors, this place is for you. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, it grew out of, you know, a group of book enthusiasts coming together and being like, why is there not a Mississippi book festival you know, Mississippi has contributed more to American letters than I would say most states have, especially per capita. Um, mm-hmm. I always, you know, people are like, why are there so many books that come out of Mississippi? And I like to joke, I'm like, well, there's nothing to do. And we're all like natural born <laughs> storytellers. You know, it's all about celebrating our literary legacy, but also celebrating the very rich literary present that we have in the state. You know, so many Mm -hmm. world-renowned authors are living and working in this state. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something to really be proud of. Yeah. I, I really love that because obviously I'm a Maybe not, obviously. I'm a born and bred Southerner, if you count Tallahassee, Florida as Southern, which I don't know. It's hit or miss. <laughs> it depends. <laughs> I, I thought I was Southern, and then I moved to Alabama, and then I thought, oh, maybe I wasn't Southern at all. But <laughs> um, the South is so diverse in its storytelling, and I don't know always if the South gets the credit it deserves, because we're a complicated place. And I think when we think about literary events, I hear often, right, about the DC Book Festival, you know, or book festivals in New York or California. And I think I don't often hear about Southern book festivals, though I do hear a lot about Southern storytelling. And it seems like the two should go kind of hand in hand. Well, yeah, it was kind of a no-brainer realizing that we needed to have a book festival in Mississippi. Now, the mm-hmm. rest of it is takes a whole lot of brain power. Um, you know, <laughs> there, 
you know, everybody's because we're a one day festival. We bank okay. it all on one day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, of course, it starts to happen when like hurricane season is coming. So, you know, and I'm starting to watch, you know, weather developing in the, uh-huh. um, in yeah. the Atlantic and everything. <laughs> but, you know, we cram a lot into one day, a whole yeah. lot. And, uh, you know, a complaint I will tell uh, the second highest complaint we hear is that there are too many things to choose from. And that's a uh-huh. good problem to have. Um, yeah. So we like to make that really difficult on people. The <laughs> number one complaint we have is that it's so freaking hot. I mean, we <laughs> internally, internally in the book festival office, we call it hell's front porch um, yeah. <laughs> because it's hot. It's so, okay, that's, I was wondering because kind of notoriously on the podcast, my least favorite month is August. Um, I, like I've grown up, you would think I would be used to it by now, but every summer when my front door swells shut and I can't step out of my home in pants of any kind, like it, it just, I, so I am curious what made you choose August? Although I will also say the festival we are a part of is in April which is a beautiful time of year in the South. But I mean, probably I've been a part of that festival for eight years and four of those years, it's poured rain. Like it just, the weather in the South is just so unpredictable. And that's probably true everywhere, but it feels especially true, a little bit more extreme (laughs) in the South. Um, So I'm wondering why, why August? (laughs) Why August? So I started with the book festival in 2019 as the literary director and the book festival started in 2015. And that was my very first question in my very first board meeting. Again, (laughs) I I am a lifelong Mississippian and I will echo what you just said. You never get used to the heat. You don't. No, (laughs) you don't. I mean, like I basically don't go outside in the summer. Right. Uh, And I just, you know, it's just something you never get used to. And I always say that Southerners are only truly happy unless we are complaining about the weather. It is what we do. It is our natural state of being. We're unhappy with the weather at all times, except for about two weeks in the spring. So I was like, guys, you're all Mississippians. Why August? And they were like, we have very good reasons for that. And I was like, well, let's hear. Please do tell. Do do tell. Everyone's back from vacation. School has started. There is no SEC football. That's what I was going to ask the first thing I was going to say. (laughs) No football. (laughs) Or no hunting season. And so no matter how popular we get, we're never going to be able to compete with SEC football. Mm-hmm. And if hunters have a choice of coming to a book festival or reading a book in a deer stand, they are going to pick the latter. <laughs> I don't get it. I'm not a hunter, but those people love to be up in a tree in freezing yep. cold weather for some reason. And at that time, we were also not in competition with any other book festival in the nation. There are a lot of yeah. book festivals around this country. Yeah. And so that's why that date was selected but I will say the day of the festival it it just it feels so good to be part of a a truly positive community Mm -hmm. event yeah um and we take place in our state capitol building and Galloway United Methodist Church and I burn Mm -hmm. a track up between the Mm -hmm. capitol and Galloway United Methodist Church oh I bet I mean I'm going to be honest I still haven't fully regained 
feeling in my two big toes from the 2022 <laughs> festival. And I had on yeah. incredibly comfortable shoes. There's a Doesn't lot of matter. walking that day. Yeah. yeah but I matter. don't recall like being oppressed by the heat. It just, yeah. I think we all use this word way too much this day, this day and age. But the vibe in the air was so mm-hmm. positive that I would just have to stand in the middle of the festival site and take it in. And because after two it. years of not being together, and there's mm-hmm. so much divisiveness in this country and just having a group, a huge group of people, of all kinds of people, you know, different ethnicities, religious backgrounds, political mm-hmm. beliefs all come together over a shared love of books. It just mm-hmm. felt incredible. Yeah. Oh, I, I love hearing about that because that's exactly why we do what we do, right, is to kind of bring communities together. You mentioned that you started as the literary director of the festival. Um, but first, before that, you were a bookseller. You were a bookseller at Lemuria Books, which is in Jackson, Mississippi. I've been there. It's a beautiful store. And I'm curious, what made you take the leap from book selling and into festival planning? Because certainly those skills overlap. Like there's a Venn diagram there. <laughs> yeah, there is. <laughs> but what made you kind of go full on into festival planning and into helping host this event? So it's a, it's a pretty circuitous route to the book festival. I worked at Lemuria on and off for 13 years. I've been going to that bookstore since I was a child. I'm not originally from Jackson. I'm from the Mississippi Delta. I'm from a little town called Rolling Fork. And so you had to drive 45 minutes to get anywhere. And so every time Mm -hmm. we came to Jackson, we would have to stop by Oz, which is the children's section in Lemuria. And so like Uh reading Rainbow and Oz, those are the things that really ignited my love of reading as a child. Because I would love to go to Oz and find my you know, find, get the latest book that I saw on Reading Rainbow. Mm-hmm. Cute. And so it was the first real job I ever had. I was 21 years old when I started working at Lemuria. And now look, if I could just sell books in that bookstore for the rest of my life and um, be able to afford the things that I have grown to like, I would <laughs> a thousand percent do it. Um, yeah. But I was actually not working at Lemuria anymore when I when I got the job offer from the book festival, okay. I was working for a restaurateur as his personal assistant, you know, okay. and had health insurance and yes. all of that kind of oh, yeah. stuff. All the, all uh, the when you know things. you're an adult, when you start <laughs> yes. thinking about those things. And I'm also a photographer. That's what I went to school for. And my, my best friend, she is the founding director of the book festival. I took the book festival staff's headshots, their new headshots oh, for the um, website. And I remember taking those photos and I was like, I wonder why I don't work for the book festival. And I'm telling <laughs> you, it wasn't two months later that Holly Lang, my best friend, called me and she said, I want to have coffee. And I was like, okay. And she offered me the job. Wow. Of course, I immediately said yes. And, it, mm-hmm. you know, I felt bad about leaving my boss who I was working for, but mm-hmm. not bad enough to not do it. Um, yeah. I have a great respect for people who work in the service industry. That is not for me. Uh-huh. You knew. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I did it for a year. I was like, I've had enough. But doing the book festival is like book selling on a much larger scale. I right. love to sell books, as I'm sure you completely understand. Yeah. There's a lot of joy in selling a book and, you know, having your customers that come back in, they're like, I love the last thing you just gave me. Give me something else. Yes. So, that's the best. You know, this is uh, this is the, the, that of a different flavor. 
Absolutely. Because you, what you're doing, I mean, what it sounds like you all are doing is you're bringing all these people together. We sometimes will host an event at the bookshelf, particularly around the holidays with like our favorite customers, right? Like our most loyal customers and they come in and I love the bookshelf all the time. I really do. But one of my favorite things is to be with those loyal customers who you just know, believe in the bookshelf, believe in its mission, and then love the written word. And that's what a book festival is. Like you're, you're congregating all of the people who believe in your mission, who believe in the power of books, who want to sit around and talk about books, who want to sit at the feet of authors. And so I imagine that feels really good. It it, it is like book selling. It's just a, like you said, on a larger scale. Yeah. And so, you know, we love bringing people's favorite authors here, like authors that yeah. everybody knows. But what I will tell you, my favorite panel to build at the festival is the debut mm-hmm. panel. Oh, interesting. I read more debuts than I do anything else. And I think that mm-hmm. started with uh, The Secret History by Donna Tartt. Mm, That's like one of yes. my favorite books of all time. And so I've always yes. loved debuts for that reason and a campus novel. Mm-hmm. If it takes place on a campus or if it's a debut, I'm in. And so that's yeah. one of my favorite panels to build because, you know, debut authors, they, you know, it might not be the first book they've ever written, mm-hmm. but it's the first one they've had published. And there's something so pure about it. And I love, yeah. I think it's just great to feature those authors. Now, look, <laughs> love meeting the Ann Patchett's and the. Oh, yeah. Yeah, say Layman's, who is a dear friend, and I just think everything he does is incredible. And Salman Rushdie, Jasmine Ward, something, all of that is incredible. But, you know, starting out in um, the book world is not easy. So it's, it's hard. Not, yeah. Yeah. And, and there's all, a every it, level. Yes. And it's hard, uh, perhaps too, that was part of, I mean, that's part of book selling. I think we champion, right? Debut authors, because it feels like the entry point is so high. Um, So just to get your book out into the world feels like an accomplishment. So, okay. Speaking of authors, I believe I read about the book festival that it started as kind of this regional festival celebrating Southern storytelling, celebrating the legacy of letters in Mississippi in particular, but it has moved to be a place where really all kinds of authors come. I mean, I've looked at some of the past names and I'd love if you can maybe sneak, you know, sneak and give us some of the names of who will be there this year. But how did you all decide to make that transformation into maybe more national names? I mean, lots of Mississippi authors are nationally recognizable, but you know, how did you decide to move maybe from a regional type author to a more nationally recognized author? Well, you know, it's, it's kind of, and I can say this because I didn't do this work. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Holly Lang, she went to New York city. She met with all of the publishers and she established such a great relationship with mm. the you know the big five publishers, of course, we yeah. love supporting um, indie publishers as well. And the book festival has you know has grown this reputation for treating its authors really, really well, and the audience is very engaged. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just been building off of that for years. Um, and you know, and the festival has gotten bigger. You know, it started out just in the state capitol, and there were a few mm-hmm. rooms in there. Well, mm-hmm. now we use five rooms in the state capitol, and we use wow. three in Galloway United Methodist Church. That's so cool. So there's eight panel venues and six time slots in each one of those venues. So there's we have the capacity to host 48 panels in a day. That's amazing. 
At my last count, I believe we have 160 authors coming this year. So we have a ton of Mississippi authors, but then we have authors coming from all over the nation. You know, somebody I really love, who I never even dreamt about getting getting to the festival, but when I saw he had a book coming out with Echo, who we have a great relationship with, which is a Harper imprint, you know, Mm -hmm. I emailed Sonia Shoes, who's the head of Felicity Echo, and I was like, we want Patrick DeWitt at the festival. I I love his books. Yeah. And he was the first yes that we got. And so that really oh, started out on a high. Yeah. And I invite everybody, um, <laughs> you know, whether that's through their publicist or, the, you know, their personal email. You know, I send mm-hmm. out a lot of emails through the years. Mm-hmm. And it's like this riding this wave, you know, you'll get a string of yeses, like, you know, big yeses, and then you'll get a lot of no's. So it's, yeah. you know, you got to ride the wave. So, yeah. but we have a lot of people coming that we're very, very excited about. When will y'all announce kind of the author lineup for folks? So we trickle out panel announcements. Um, We start out with, you know, like really big in conversation announcements in about April. And then up until the beginning of August, we are releasing panels. So we do it every, we're to the point we're doing it every Tuesday and Thursday. Now on August 1st, the schedule will go live on our website. So that people can kind of pick and choose which panels. Because if you've got, I mean, that was amazing sounding, like how many people you're bringing, over 100 authors, lots of panels. And so it's almost like picking, I mean, that kind of stuff really excites me. Like I'm a nerd and I want to like pick out my course schedule. So I would be very excited to like, (laughs) to figure out what I'm going to go see. (laughs) And in 2021, which is the festival that we had to cancel oh. 10 days out, we started doing this really great festival guide. And so we'll, mm-hmm. we'll distribute the festival guides around town so mm-hmm. people can go grab them from the bookstore and all this kind of stuff. And they can start marking it up and everything um, to really pick, you know, plan their day. Um, yeah. You know, I see people pulling snacks out of their bags and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> they don't want to interrupt anything to go get lunch with all the food trucks. <laughs> So yeah, it's a, you know, it's a plan ahead type situation. But if there's, if one panel is too full, the panel you want to see is full, there's something else great happening at the exact same time, very close to you. Well, and didn't I see on y'all's website, I feel like a lot of your stuff you record too. And so people long distance can watch. We record all of it. Now, last year was the first year that we ever live streamed the sanctuary, which is our largest venue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can hold up to 750. So on the day of the festival, we will have a live stream on the homepage of our website where you can view those panels that are happening in real time. Oh, that's so fun. Okay. So you also talked a lot about kind of where this is. And like I have mentioned many times already, I grew up in Tallahassee. It's the state capital of Florida. Mm-hmm. So I have a real heart, I think, for state capitals, for those venues. And I think it is so neat that this festival takes place in Jackson, but not just in Jackson, at the Capitol, at a lo- local nearby church. And I'm curious how that partnership kind of formed. I think any bookseller or any any planner, event planner knows how important community partnerships are to the success of something so large and especially taking place on one day. Like there, that's a lot of time and energy and effort and your whole community kind of has to get on board. And I'm curious how those partnerships kind of evolved. How'd you get the government involved? You know, I think we're watching, I, I don't know, we're watching a lot of state legislatures and things passing regarding literature and banning of books and 
I really love that this is a state capital that is choosing to help host an, a book event. That feels that feels remarkable to me. And so I'm curious how that happened. The book festival was planned for like, you know, and kind of dreamed of for like two, officially two years before it was ever held. Okay. And so, you know, our board president, Jerry Nash, who lives and breathes this festival and Holly Lang, they all went and spoke with legislators and, you know, kind of got their blessings and, you know, we have to make a request every single year to use mm-hmm. the cap, these certain rooms within the Capitol building. And, you know, we've never had any issue. You know, the state gives us money to host this thing. You know, we have a very conservative legislature here and they yeah. are staunch in their belief that the Mississippi Book Festival needs to take place in the Mississippi State Capitol. Mm. Um, they love it and they're huge supporters. I mean, I was just at lunch with Speaker of the House, Philip Gunn, and he has been with us from the get-go. He loves the mm-hmm. book festival. He loves to introduce a panel. Oh, that's special. Yeah. Oh, he's just, he's a great friend of the festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're very sad that he is not running for re-election, but he's, <laughs> um, you know, and everybody on the Senate, the Lieutenant Governor, I mean, they're just, they're they're fantastic. <laughs> That gives you a lot of, or it gives me a lot of comfort, I guess, to know that that's possible because I, you mentioned at the top, we do live in this kind of divided, not kind of, we live in a divided (laughs) culture. (laughs) There's no kind of about it. And the South is not immune to that. And I, but I'm also kind of comforted to know that we haven't got, it's not so bad. It's not gotten so bad that we can't rally around literature and around the things that kind of connect us and the things that make us better. I mean, I I think literature makes us better. And so it it gives me a lot of comfort that politicians and book lovers and community organizers can come together and create something really beautiful and, and remarkable and something that is good for the state. I'm sure it's good for tourism. It's good for Jackson. I mean, I'm sure local businesses appreciate it. Because a lot of people come. Last year when uh, we had Alice Walker, um, Mm. it ended up being virtual. She uh, she couldn't attend in person, but Kiese Lehman was in conversation with her, and uh, Mm -hmm. he wrote the foreword for the 50th anniversary of The Color Purple. This couple drove overnight from Washington, D.C., Oh, wow. Um, you know, and like, and that's just one, you know, that's just the one story right, I one heard. Story. Yeah. Um, so people come from all over. I was, uh, a friend texted me the other day who was, he was in Israel and he met a senator from Delaware who's coming to the book festival this year because he's heard such great things about it. I was like, Elliot, did he hear it from you? He was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think y'all, um, he said, I think people really know about this thing. And, you know, that makes you feel really, really good. Yeah. Like you're doing what you meant to be doing. We've, uh, we've talked a little bit about the last, you know, couple years and, and having to do virtual events or having no events. Um, and I wonder how that has maybe changed some things. Like maybe it, maybe it helped you all think about, oh, maybe we need to stream some of this live, or maybe we need to record some of these things, but maybe how, as a bookseller, even I'm constantly asking myself, like, how did the pandemic change the way the bookshelf did business? And it has, it's changed. I mean, it's changed so much, um, about how we do business and what works and what doesn't. And I'm curious what lessons the festival learned about having to pivot and change. And also the things that it didn't change, right? People still love to gather. They still love to get together in person. I think there was a minute where we all thought we would just do Zoom calls forever. And and, and I don't think, I mean, you and I are kind of on one right now, but, 
But generally speaking, you know, we are back to meeting in person and to having vibrant connections in person. And I wonder what that transition has looked like for y'all. Yeah, we all learned a lot during COVID. Um, Mm -hmm. Where would we have been without Zoom? And I remember the beginning, I was like, oh, this is great. I can go to book events all over the country or world Mm -hmm. if I want to. And then very quickly, I was tired of it. Right. There's something about the energy of being in a room with a bunch of people who are excited to see someone. Yeah. But we we have our our kid note event on the Friday before the festival, and that mm-hmm. is where we bring a world class children's author to be mm-hmm. in person with public school children at the auditorium downtown Thalia Mara. That's special. But COVID taught us that not only can we have you know local public school children in person, we can also stream this out all across the state. Oh um, yeah. So the kids that come in person, they all walk away with a copy of the book. But the students, the, the students who participate virtually, their schools get copies of the book in the school libraries. And last year, we were able to reach twenty four thousand kids with our kids. Oh my event. gosh! Oh, that's remarkable. That that gives me goosebumps. <laughs> that, that's so what? That's so wonderful. And so it's not just yeah. And the pandemic helped that, right? It helped you realize, oh, we can reach kids beyond Jackson. Exactly. Oh, special. That's so it's more of a statewide celebration. Yeah. You know, I'm from a very small rural community and like we didn't have, you know, opportunities for things like that. And so it really brings, gives me a lot of joy of being able to bring that to kind of, you know, communities that don't really have those kind right. of opportunities usually. Yeah. Um, and igniting the love of reading in young people because they are our future festival goers. Um, exactly. You know, they're our future readers and yeah. You know, there's everybody has a smartphone. And so when we're very intentional with the books that we pick because it's got to get them and hold their mm-hmm. attention and um, really make them see the value in reading. So mm-hmm. delighted that this year our kidnote author is Jason Reynolds. It has oh, been oh fun. It has been a dream for years and we're we have finally gotten him. And I, I just when I got the um, phone call my husband and daughter had just picked me up from the airport. I got the email. I saw his speaker's agent's uh, email and I just saw he's in. I started screaming. And my daughter, <laughs> my daughter, BB went, mama screaming, dada. So, oh. Yeah. And just to, you know, to have an author that looks like these kids, it shows, mm-hmm. you know, show them that they can you know be anything they want to be. Yeah. So love Jason Reynolds. So. Oh, I love knowing, yeah, I love knowing that there's something for kids too, because mm-hmm. you're right, they're they're current readers, but they're also the future festival attendees. They're the future community planners, community organizers. Um, and so early early buy-in, so to speak, is so valuable and, and also then valuable for their parents and valuable for their parents to get to see. Okay, if someone listening is interested in starting a literary festival, you know, even Thomasville, sometimes I have thought, gosh, wouldn't it be, we do a one book where our community reads the same book together. And I thought, wouldn't it be fun to to do some kind of literature festival? Savannah has one, Tallahassee has one, but 
could, you know, could a, a city like Thomasville pull something like this off? Or if somebody is listening and, and wants to bring something like this to their community, do you have any suggestions as to the first steps or partnerships that the people who came before you maybe secured or worked toward? I mean, I think we're, we're none of us is so naive as to think these things just happen overnight. So much time and energy. You said two years of planning, you know, before a festival even comes to fruition. But are there any kind of first steps that you think could be helpful as communities see the success of something like the Mississippi Book Festival and think, well, maybe we could do that here? I think it just takes a lot of determination and to talk to your local city government, you know, mm-hmm. having them on board that's going to mm-hmm. be critical. And like it, it does, it takes a village and there's got to be mm-hmm. somebody, you know, who can manage all of it. And, you know, everybody has plays their part. A board, a board is so great because everybody um, is a stakeholder. All the board mm-hmm. members are stakeholders in this and they want it to be successful. And, you know, fundraising, fundraising is wild. I had never done anything like that before in my life, but, you know, people gift for books, especially yeah. getting books into the hands of children. People are all about that. You know, work with people that you trust. And I will tell you, so Steve Yates uh, here is one of our board members and he was one of the first people in that core group that started dreaming this up. He is with the University Press of Mississippi and he called a couple of book festival directors around, you know, the South and had them come mm-hmm. to Jackson and tell, you know, Holly and Jerry and everybody like the things to do. And the mm. major takeaway from that came from uh, Serenity Gerbman, who used to head up the Southern Festival of Books in Nashville, which is a, you know, over 30-year-old, tremendous book festival. Yeah, she just said, festival. make your authors happy. Make sure they are happy. She said, because mm. that is what's going to keep it going. Mm. The book right, the author community is very small and they all talk and word of mm. mouth does a lot for you. Mm. Oh, that was good advice. And we do, we take a lot of, we show them that Mississippi hospitality that everybody talks about when they get here. Yeah. Just hotel partners. um, You have the bookstore. You're the official bookseller. You've got your official bookseller right now. Yeah. You know, it's, and that's a huge amount of work. You know, we work very, Lemuria is our official bookseller and we work with them all year long, identifying authors that they've got readership with, uh, readership Mm. for. Um, but, you know, we've got Square Books in Oxford. I mean, y'all have, it's, a, I saw on the website, I mean, I knew from visiting Mississippi, I have some dear friends who live in, live in and around Jackson. And um, I know that Mississippi has this vibrant literary culture. You guys have so many independent bookstores and so many independent bookstore partners. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is just one special aspect of the festival, I thought, because you've got Lemuria as your maybe official booksellers, but you've also got all of these bookstores, I'm assuming, who come set up tents or who are there throughout the festival is kind of what I'm picturing. Am I right about that? Yes, you're absolutely correct. We have, yeah. you know, Lemuria is our official bookseller. We have booksellers row. Last year we had the most booksellers we'd ever had. We had 14. Wow. Um, and then we have our self-published authors in Authors Alley. We had to do a little bit of paperwork last year. The Department of Revenue called us like two weeks out from the festival and was like, y'all have to collect taxes for all of this, which we had never <laughs> had to do. But it did give us a really incredible number that we had never had. So from nine o'clock in the morning until mm-hmm. five o'clock in the afternoon on that festival side, almost $100,000 were sold in books alone. That's amazing. That's successful. That's successful then not just for Lemuria. That's successful for all of those stores. 
Absolutely. So Friendly City Books is a new independent bookseller in Columbus, Mississippi. It was their highest day in sales ever. Oh, that's really, that's really <laughs> special. And that's such a big part. I mean, I think that's what's so neat in, in talking to you about this is you can see, so it affects the children in the Jackson community. It affects the children statewide who are getting to watch these things. It affects booksellers that affects the local economy. It, uh, it helps a business to survive, like having a landmark successful day that you can point to and say, that was our highest day of sales. That's a big deal to partner with Lemuria. It's to partner with your hotels. I think I think sometimes we think in the bookselling industry, the bookselling industry can feel insular or maybe can feel just really focused on hand selling books to one person or whatever. Mm -hmm. But bookstores, small businesses are part of a vibrant and vital ecosystem to the statewide economy. And so to get to, to get to really see that in, in real time and in person, I think, I think is, is remarkable. So for Lemuria, it is the, you know, most significant day in sales for them all mm-hmm. year, second only to the entire month of December. And you know oh what December, yeah. <laughs> you know what December is for in the independent yeah. book selling world. I mean, that's your bread yes. and butter. I mean, that's kind of, yes. you know, yes, gotta have it. <laughs> if anyone yes. cancels Christmas, it's going to be real bad for the <laughs> right, bookstore. Yeah. 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 Okay. So if someone listening is local to Jackson, or maybe they're like me and they live in the South, or I know, I mean, we have podcast listeners who will travel for books, for book festivals. They'll go to Bookmarks Festival in North Carolina, or they'll go to the Southern Festival Books in Nashville or Savannah Book Festival. So how could somebody attend this? It's one day. Um, What do they need to know? Where can they find more information? We'll put links in the show notes too to help folks. So go to our website, uh, www.msbookfestival.com and click the tab that says plan ahead. We will have all the directions about parking, hotels. I mean, you know, everything that you need to know, handicap accessibility, but then also click on the date at the top of the, of our webpage. And you can see all the official panelists that we have announced already. Um, So you can get a flavor of like what it is that you're going to be seeing. Um, Sign up for our emails on our website. Our Instagram is very active. We are constantly posting things. We've got a lot of great authors. We've got, as I said, Jason Reynolds. And then we have Lois Lowry, who was my childhood. (laughs) Yes, I I think my, yes, that is our childhood. (laughs) Yes, I mean, it is. I mean, yeah, I received, I got an email from her the other day and I was like, Lois Lowry email. Who would have thought (laughs) if your 10 year old self could see you? (laughs) I know she could see me now. (laughs) You know, we have Richard Ford, who is a Pulitzer Prize winner, oh, and he yeah. is a Jacksonian, um, and he loves the book that. festival. I've said it again and again. Kiese Lehman, he is a great friend of this festival. He's in every single year, and he's going to be in conversation with National Book Award winner James McBride, who has a book coming out on August 8th, The Heaven oh, and Earth gosh. Grocery Store, and it is incredible. Have you read okay. it yet? It's I, literally, it's over here. You can't see it. It's over here on top of my TBR stack. And James, y'all are in for a treat because James McBride came to Word of South, mm, I don't know, five years ago. And he's one of the best, best authors. He performed at that time with uh, a gospel band as well. And it was just one of the most remarkable, special things I've ever seen. So that is going to be, that's going to be a festival highlight, I'm sure. Oh, I mean, I am just beside myself about it. And when we got that, yeah. yes, I, I'm yeah. just... You know, it was so fortuitous. I had been emailing his publicist for a couple of months. And then I went to the um, 
Eudora Welty lecture in D.C., and there was Ann Patchett, and I started talking to her, and she was uh-huh. like, um, she just received her medal. I can't remember what it was for, but it was it was a big deal. Yeah. And she was like, well, I just sat in my hotel room all day and read an entire book. I said, well, what did you read? She was like, James McBride's New One, the Heaven and Earth Grocery Store. Okay. I was like, oh, my gosh, I want him for the festival so badly. She's like, oh, well, I'll send an email. I was like, okay. God, God bless Ann Patchett, the patron saint of bookstores. I am <laughs> here to festival. tell you something. <laughs> Um, and let me tell you, I, a, a subject line in an email inbox that says from Ann Patchett. Yeah. That'll get it done. That one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're going to click yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, so that was just, you know, one of those really amazing things that happened. We have Richard Rousseau yeah. coming this year. I mean, and oh, like, and cool he too. is just, oh my gosh, Simon Winchester. I will confess that I have never read a single Simon Winchester book because oh, it yeah. just seems... I mean, his new book is about the passage of knowledge throughout time, how humans have passed on knowledge. Um, you know, just some light reading. <laughs> how do you even think about embarking on that task? I will never know, but I met him at Lemuria when he was there for an event. He's the most delightful and hysterical. Oh, in that the way. Brit. <laughs> um, and he's just amazing. And he's going to be in conversation with the uh, deputy director of the National Gallery of Art, Eric Motley, who is also an author who has an incredible story. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's going to be such a good conversation. Such a good conversation. C-SPAN uh, Book TV comes every year. We love them. So we have a lot of, you know, we have a lot of fiction panels. We also have a lot of nonfiction panels. I mean, there's truly something Something for every every yeah, type of reader. Yeah, and if, yeah. even if you don't really like books, they're really incredible conversations. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think no matter where you are as a reader, or even if you're a reluctant reader or, or not an avid reader, I love books and authors in conversation. Um, I think that's one thing the Tallahassee Festival does really well is it's a music and literature event. So they will partner, they will pair an author with a musician. And I think the same is true. I mean, that's what we're doing in the bookstore all the time is we're pairing books together that we think would make, um, you know, good to read together or, you know, imagining what those authors could say to one another. Um, And so I think that's what's so neat about a book festival is that you, it's not just about the act of reading the book itself. It's about getting to hear from the author's mouth, uh, maybe questions that they hadn't even been asked because maybe they haven't gotten to have a conversation like this. Like, I, I don't know. I love the, the idea of panel conversations and, and authors kind of talking with one another. Yeah, I do too. Well, it's just, even if it's a fiction book, there's usually a lot of research that goes into uh-huh. writing a fiction book. I love hearing about all that. I love some shop talk about writing yeah. because I have such a great respect for it. I can't imagine anything harder than writing a book. I can mm-hmm. barely cobble a sentence together. I'm a reader. <laughs> right. Um, it is what I love to do. And so I just think it's just incredible what people can do in writing a book. Well, I love, I love the mission. I love the heart of the festival. I kind of, now I'm like, what is that? What am I doing on August 19th? Can I, can I, can I make it over to Jackson? Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that um, we're getting to talk about something like this here because it's something certainly that as a bookstore owner, I've maybe got, sort kind of sort of dreams about and then also just as a reader I love a I love a festival I love getting together with people you know gathering through one common thing that we all love and I don't think we get to do that often enough so I'm thrilled to get to talk to you I do have lightning round questions that I like to ask of my guests at the end of every podcast episode so I thought we would do those now 
Perfect. Okay. So what is a classic book you've never read, but you wish you had? Anna Karenina. Oh, you know, that is one of the most popular answers. And I finally read it over 2020. It was my pandemic. <laughs> it was my pandemic project. And I finally did it. And here's what I will say. Actually, worth it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, shock, shock to no one. <laughs> Groundbreaking never information. Heard, never heard anything <laughs> otherwise. Um, but I just, I mean, I would love to read the Brothers Karamazov as well, but I'm just like, I don't know. Just That's like, what my, my husband just finished the Brothers Karamazov. Now he listened to it. He commutes to back and forth to Tallahassee. He works for a state legislature. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so he listened to it and he told me, he was like, Annie, you've got to read it. And I admit that I thought, do I do I need to read that? I'm I'm not sure that I do. See, I can't. I, I like an audiobook, but it cannot be anything like super literary. No, I have to neither. actually read something. Yeah, that's, that's really how I learn. I'm a yeah. visual learner, and so yeah. I, I mean, I just in. my mind wanders. Yeah, so. same. Um, okay, this is a podcast. We are a podcast about books, small business, life in the South. What podcast do you enjoy listening to? Well. I'd love this podcast. I love the Stacks <laughs> podcast. I love the oh, New yes. York Times book review podcast. And I'm such a sicko. I love true crime podcasts. <laughs> Can't help it. <laughs> I mean, I'm just like, terrify me, please. Um, or, or, you know, just, I, I love a true crime podcast. I just, yeah. you know, I'm one no, of those people you know that go to, go to sleep to murder docs at night. Just, <laughs> I just finished, it's a book that comes out this fall. And it is called, the, the title sounds horrifying but the title is called kill show and it's a like short little i would say kind of sort of literary thriller but it's told in almost oral history format it's fiction but it's really kind of investigating it's it's a fictional crime um that they're looking back on so i thought that was really well done but then it also has i think some really interesting things to say about true crime culture and our obsession and i think yeah, I think a lot of us, I mean, I grew up watching Dateline every Friday night. So, oh, yeah. I mean, it's just <laughs> I feel like what you did. for a lot of us, it was just what we did. Who wrote that book, Kill Show? Um, Daniel Swearin Becker. I literally have it right here. I just finished it. Part of the reason I picked it up was I thought, well, I can finish that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> really quickly. Look, I love a little, I love a little jewel of a book that ends yeah. up being just like a stick of dynamite. Um, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was. Yeah. Um, okay, this is always an interesting question to me. What is your favorite part about life in the South? Well, I think the obvious thing is the food. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's the people. Mm-hmm. People are so kind here. Um, mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I love about, you know, having a more national draw with authors because many of them have never been to Mississippi and they come with preconceived notions. Mm-hmm. We, show them, we show them something different. And if I have gotten one email from an author from out of state that had never been before that said, wow, mm. Mississippi was not what I expected. I hope that you'll invite me back for my next book. I have gotten a hundred like that. And that I get a lot of personal satisfaction from that. Yeah, I would too. And, you know, again, to the people, everybody will circle the wagons mm-hmm. around. We take care community. of each other. Uh-huh. We do. I mean, yeah. My mother and my godmother and my aunt man the author hospitality lounge because that's just oh. the kind of thing that we do, you know. Yes, yes. Um, oh, I love that so much. Yeah. the The volunteer effort at the book festival is astonishing. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't go anywhere, and everybody's like, "What do you need me to do? Which Which one do you? Where do you need me to volunteer?" And it's just really incredibly heartening. 
Mm-hmm. And I do so. think that is, I mean, I think you can find that other places, but I do think that is something unique to the South because so many of us move back home and so mm-hmm. many of us have extended families. And so it brings, it brings, yeah, it brings everybody kind of closer together and they believe in what we're doing. Yeah. Okay. The question, you know, always on my mind, what are you reading right now? I'm reading Tom Like by Ann Patchett. And that's what I'm reading right now. Oh, <laughs> do you love it? I love I it. Love it. <laughs> I love it. I wasn't sure. You know, you always get a little nervous. I don't know. Maybe you don't. I get a little nervous when like somebody I really like is coming out with a new thing. And I think, what if this is the one that I hate? I mean, I was hooked immediately. I I love it. Immediately invested. And again, yeah. about that research thing. I'm like, how in the world was this what she landed on? Right. I mean, they're right. on a cherry and a cherry apple orchard. farm yeah. in yeah. Michigan. And yeah. like... What what kind of research did it take for her to learn about like sweets and tarts in regards to cherries? Yes. I'm like, this is it's just beautiful. She can man, she can write a book. So man, good. she really can. I I have been blown away so far. I'm about halfway through, and that's what I'm going to go do after we after we finish. I wish I'm gonna go read. <laughs> I wish that's what I was going to. Do. But um, yeah, I'm about halfway through too, and it is just. She's, you know, there is one novel that she wrote that I didn't really super love, but I mm-hmm. still read the whole thing. It wasn't like yeah. I couldn't read, read the book. Um, right. Yeah, this one's so good. I mean, the Dutch house yeah. and Commonwealth, the last three have just been. That's how, that's exactly nuts. how I felt. Yeah. That's how and I, I felt. came to her through nonfiction. That's me too. That's so funny. That's exactly, I came to her through her essay collection because she, mm-hmm. and she came to Word of South, maybe my first festival. So I don't know how long ago that was, eight or nine years ago. And actually nonfiction was really what I knew her from and what I preferred. Like I really yeah. preferred her essays um, until Commonwealth and then Dutch House and Maeve from Dutch House will be forever like imprinted upon me. Mm-hmm. And then I started this one and thought, well, well, dang it. <laughs> She's done it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So my grandmother gave me Truth and Beauty when I was 17 okay. years old, which is about her oh. best friend, Lucy Greeley, you know, who passed yeah. away. And it just like blew me away. And then I started reading all of her fiction and she's just, man, she's good. I will eat up anything that she writes. Yeah. And then I got to meet her and I'm, and she's oh. coming this year. Oh my gosh. Speaking of oh, Anne being okay. like the biggest <laughs> That's like, a big deal. <laughs> she's coming this year. Well, so her bookseller at Parnassus, you know, has her debut, Do Tell. And so yes. we invited Lindsay Lynch and everything to come. And then I get a, an email from Anne's publicist, Maya Barron, who is at Harper, who is an actual angel. And she was <laughs> like, hey, would you have any interest of Anne participating with Lindsay? I was like, um, would I? <laughs> Yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. So Anne is touring all over with Lindsay because of course, Anne's going to draw a crowd. And so other people are then going to learn about this new debut author who's incredible. And so she's like helping her and it's just a really beautiful Mm. thing. And I can get kind of misty talk, get kind of misty talking about it. Yeah. Um, this has been so delightful. I have loved getting to talk to you. I really am. Like, I think I'm going to hang up and be like, what am I doing August 19th? Can I make it to Mississippi? Um, it just sounds so fun. Yeah. It just sounds so fun. Um, and I love talking to a fellow Southerner and it is such a power, you know, we all have days. I think, well, I'm assuming everybody does where we wonder, 
is this where we live? <laughs> is this where we live? Is this where I've, I've hitched my wagon? And then I have conversations where I'm like, yeah, this is where I live. And the South is a pretty remarkable place. So it was wonderful to get to talk with you about it today. And we all can't leave. We got to stay here. <laughs> That's right. And do the hard work. Yeah, exactly. That's right. We got to make it better. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Ellen. Thank you, Annie. This was great. And I'll see you on August 19th, I hope. <laughs> I hope so too. For more information about the Mississippi Book Festival, go to msbookfestival.com. You can also go to the link in our show notes. I am seriously going to be looking into if I should make the trip to Jackson, Mississippi on August 19th because their author list is amazing. Ramona Osabel, Erica Bauermeister, Ann Patchett. I'm just looking at the list right now. Nicole Chung. Gosh, Jack Davis. Oh, it's so exciting. Anton Disclafani, one of my favorites, Patrick DeWitt, Beth Ann Finley, Helen Ellis. Oh my gosh, it just looks so fun. So if you want to make the trip, go to msbookfestival.com. And don't forget, they do live streaming of their landmark events being held in the sanctuary of that local church. So there's an opportunity for even those of us who can't make it, we can still support the Mississippi Book Festival and the work that they are doing and get to see all of these great conversations with authors. Special thanks to Ellen for coming on the show today, and we will see you all on Thursday. From the Front Porch is a weekly podcast production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at bookshelfteville, and all the books from today's episode can be purchased online through our store website, bookshelfthomasville.com. A full transcript of today's episode can be found at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com. Special thanks to Studio D Podcast Production for production of From the Front Porch and for our theme music, which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. Our executive producers of today's episode are Cammie Tidwell, Chantal Carl, Kate O'Connell, Kristen May, Linda Lee Drost, Martha, Stacy Lau, Chanta Combs, Stephanie Dean, Ashley Farrell, Nicole Marcy, Wendy Jenkins, Lori Johnson, Susan Eulings. Thank you all for your support of From the Front Porch. If you'd like to support From the Front Porch, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Your input helps us make the show even better and reach new listeners. All you have to do is open up the podcast app on your phone, look for From the Front Porch, scroll down until you see write a review and tell us what you think. Or if you're so inclined, you can support us over on Patreon, where we have three levels of support, Front Porch Friends, Book Club Companions, and Bookshelf Benefactors. Each level has an amazing number of benefits like bonus content, access to live events, discounts, and giveaways. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. We're so grateful for you, and we look forward to meeting back here next week.